Welcome back to the Hair Full of Secrets podcast, where we explore the impact that hair and beauty practitioners have on our clients' mental health, wellness, and how we take care of our own. I'm your host, Paige Klibanoff, and today we'll be talking with Erica Lightbody, who is one of my closest friends. And if you are into the woo, this episode is going to be for you. She discusses with us some really awesome practices for making sure that we are protecting our energies before we enter a workday with multiple clients. So without further ado, let's begin. I have with me one of my absolute favorite human beings in the entire universe. And I mean universe, not just earth, because she is from another world, you guys. This woman's amazing. So everyone, please welcome my friend, Erica Lightbody. Hi, thanks for having me. Erica is one of my oldest friends in the hair space because we did our apprenticeships at the same salon together. And so we've really been through it all. I have watched Erica grow so much as a practitioner, and I've also watched her kind of go through a beautiful journey with her kind of coming into herself and into this beautiful personhood that she has now. And she's about to be a new mom. Super exciting. Yay. Congratulations. So Erica, I'd love if you'd just tell the listeners like a little bit about yourself, how you got into being a hairstylist and anything else about you that you want to share. Yeah. So I am 24. I started cosmetology school when I was in high school. So I think I was licensed by either 18 or 19. I was always a really, really big makeup and hair and fashion girl growing up. And my older sister was also a hairstylist. She works in LA on like movies and stuff like that. She's a badass. So I kind of just came into it naturally. Of course, my parents weren't very happy about it. They wanted me to do like the traditional go to college, live in a dorm, yada, 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 which I just always knew was never for me. Yeah, that's how I came into doing hair. I really enjoy doing hair. I also do a lot of weddings. I also do makeup. So do a lot of different things. You guys let it be known that I'm like, very sick right now. And Erica is dealing with me trying to speak through a lozenge and a dog that won't stop squeaking on a squeaky toy. So she's amazing. Thank you for your patience. Well, you're patient with me. I'm nine months pregnant and about to pop, so. <laughs> yes, we all have our things, right? Mm-hmm. So, Erica, I'd love to kick off with some icebreaker questions. So, could you share with the class, please? You know, that's my number one stress dream is having to go back to high school. <laughs> I know, I know. So, please share with the, stand up and share with the class. What is your favorite workday beverage? A venti iced matcha with coconut milk. A venti iced matcha with coconut milk. Yep. She goes to Starbucks, everybody, obviously. I do. I mean, I I love the the little boutique coffee shops, but I just love Starbucks and I feel so guilty, but I do. I probably fun Starbucks. My husband makes fun of me because I tend to make friends with the baristas and then when we move, I feel guilty that I just like never show up again. I feel so guilty. That's so funny. Okay. Do you have a favorite workday song or podcast or thing that you listen to to get yourself in the right headspace for work? 
honestly, I usually just listen to rap or hip hop on the way to work or on my way to a client's house or right before I'm a really, really big rap person. So is my husband. It's actually really funny. That's who's your favorite artist. Oh, um, probably Eminem or Dr. Dre. Dr. Dre's chronic is like my favorite album of all time. Okay. Do you have any favorite Instagram or TikTok accounts that you can, that you follow that can be in any world? Paige is my favorite. The hair chemist. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. The hair chemist kissing. is my favorite. You're just kissing my ass. Um, quite honestly, I don't remember anyone's name. I'm amazed I even remembered your name on Instagram. <laughs> well, you have, I have really too. Oh my god, bear with me. I'm usually not this dumb. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think you're dumb. I just think you have pregnancy brain. All right. So you already told us how you, how long you've been in the hair industry, how you kind of ended up there. Do you specialize in anything in particular? I would say that I specialize in blondes as well as weddings. Most of my clientele are blondes, to be honest. You do a lot of blondes. Yeah. And you guys, she's a killer wedding specialist. So if you are in the Denver area and you need a wedding hairstylist, Erica's your girl for sure. I love weddings. If I could just do weddings all year round, I totally would. I mean, I do weddings like at least six months out of the year, but weddings are some of my favorite things to do. Well, Erica, let's kind of like dive into it. What we want to explore in this podcast is mental health, wellness, and self-care in the beauty industry, both from the perspective of a practitioner and then also from the perspective of how we relate to our clients in that way and help help them along their journey with those things. So maybe we start out with what does mental health mean to you? Mental health to me means taking the time and energy to work on your own emotions, your own reactions, and how you're dealing with your life so that you could lead the like most positive as well as just the best life that you can lead. Because when you're not in a good mental space, it's really, it's hard to do what you want. It can be hard to even get out of bed, you know? So I think mental health is going to help in every aspect of your life. I think it is one of those things that if something is off, especially with mental health, it's going to be off everywhere else too. So I think it's really important to make that a priority as a part of your self-care routine. So that brings me to my next question would be how are mental health and like showing up for your mental health and self-care and wellness different? To me, a lot of times self-care is also a bit more physical. When I hear self-care, I hear that It has more to do with like your physical body, your physical vessel. So that's like taking care of um, what you're eating and exercising and doing all the fun things that like doctors tell us to do, but no one actually wants to do an Um, apple a day. You're like, I don't want to eat any more apples. Right. Exactly. Good. Give give me a freaking cookie. Mental health is a lot more internal. It has to do with like more what's going on inside your head. They're so connected because mentally, if something is wrong, then a lot of times something in your body will be off as well, is at least what I have personally noticed. I'm not a doctor or therapist or anything like that, 
No, uh, but I think, I think it's like pretty commonly discussed these days that you can have physical manifestations when things psychologically are not going well, because even if it's something as simple as you're stressed and when you're stressed, you carry it in your shoulders and you shrug your shoulders. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden you have back pain, right? It's like a manifestation of a symptom of something else. A hundred percent. I completely agree. It's like a circle to me. It's sure. one in the same, but different, you know? Right. All kind of components of the same piece. Mm-hmm. Exactly. I'm wondering how you as a practitioner incorporate practices of self-care wellness into your daily routine and how you make sure you're taking care of your mental health every day and just overall, like how your mental health is impacted by working in the hair industry. I guess first off, whenever I am about to go to a wedding or do hair or anything like that, personally, if I do not eat, I get really low blood sugar and then I don't feel good. I don't feel like my brain is right if I haven't eaten. So even though I'm not technically a huge breakfast person, if I'm about to go do hair or go to a wedding, I will force myself to eat breakfast. I hate eating breakfast, but it's like I have to eat before going to a wedding. Oh, a hundred percent. You never really know how long they're going to take. Like you always have an idea, but sometimes they go over and then sometimes they'll give you some food there. And then other times they don't, you never really know, especially with weddings. Like, usually with weddings too, you're like not in your normal space. You're like 100%. wherever they've rented for the day. Yeah. So everything is new and you just have to be ready to like adapt to every crisis. And there's always some kind of crisis. Oh, 100%. Even if There's it's always a something small going crisis. On. Even if it has nothing to do with the hair. Someone's having a crisis somewhere when someone's getting married. Oh, always. 100% <laughs> always. I feel like your brain has to be right to deal with all that. So therefore, you have to have sustenance. Personally, I am a caffeine person. I think caffeine helps me focus. I'd really love to share like your perspective on diet and meditation and rituals and things like that, that you do to make sure you're taking care of yourself to protect your energy. What I especially have noticed being in the hair industry is that a lot of times people come to you, not only because they want to feel better about themselves, but because they need someone to talk to. Everyone always says their hairstylist is like their therapist. And I think that's a very, very valid point. And I feel like too, a lot of times people would rather see a hairstylist than an actual therapist for some reason. I think it's it's more normalized. And I think you get kind of that payoff where you leave like feeling physically good because you feel good about how you look. There's something very clinical about therapy too. And I think it's becoming more and more commonplace, but I think there's like a mentality difference in going into a salon and being like, I'm here to get my hair done and I'm going to do this thing. And like, yeah, I'm going to connect with my hairdresser and share these things about my life. They see that as a positive experience. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you aren't already in therapy, it can feel like this very clinical, oh, something's wrong with me. Right. Very and sterile, that doesn't make, very cold. Yes. And that doesn't like send off things in your brain that are like, I feel good. <laughs> so just in that aspect, I am also an empath. Um, which means that 
I can feel other people's motions. A lot of times if someone sits in my chair, I can tell if something is going on emotionally before they say anything, just because of how I personally feel in my body or any other like intuitive reactions that I get. And Paige is also extremely, extremely intuitive and an empath as well. So I know she also has struggled with that. I have, Um, although not quite as like physically manifested as you, I definitely get moody. People's emotions stick to me like Velcro. mm -hmm. And, but I am not always good at identifying that that is what has happened to me. Whereas Erica, when we were working together, she'd come up to me and she's like, I have a headache in this part of my brain, which means that you're upset about something. So I need you to like figure it out because I can't work. I definitely get a lot of really physical manifestations of emotions as physical pains. I've had clients where, who are having back pain or like rib pain or anything like that. And like, I'm standing there and I'm like, oh my God, like I'm in so much pain right now. And then they just start talking about the pain there. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I think too, as soon as you kind of recognize that, oh, this isn't necessarily coming from me. I'm picking up on it. It's so much easier to let it go because you kind of get in this cycle of, I feel this, but I don't know why something wrong. Like, am I missing something? And then you go into kind of self-doubt, right? And it's harder to let that stuff go and to have confidence in your discernment when you're doubting yourself, especially doing hair and being an empath, practicing discernment as to like, is this me or is this not me is going to be a huge benefit for you. So you're not unknowingly taking stuff home with you because that's super, super easy to do um, when you do hair. Think about it like this too. We all have experience where someone is venting and you start to feel anxiety while they're venting. And then you think, oh, well that could happen to me. And then you start questioning like your whole life, you know? (laughs) (laughs) I can hear the anxiety in you, Erica, when you say that. (laughs) You're like, and then you question your whole life. I'm like, I don't know if I usually question my whole life, but I definitely, if somebody's like talking about their relationship, they're like, they did this to me. And I'm like, what if they texted that thing because they feel the same way? Right. And that's, that's also like empathizing, but like, that's a huge empath thing where you're like, oh my God. Also learning when to put up boundaries in a, with a client is going to be a really, really good tool. I used to have one client who would just, she was so sweet and so nice, but I mean, the things that she would tell me and unload on me, sometimes I just had to be like, okay, um, I'm going to really concentrate on your hair and your hair color because it's just easier for me to concentrate in silence sometimes because it was, it was just too much to do. It's hard to discern where the boundaries should be, right? Mm -hmm. Because you want to be a safe space. But again, at the end of the day, we aren't therapists. We don't have any training Mm-hmm. on how to truly unpack what someone has going on as a client and separate that from us. A hundred percent. You know, and I know that I've read all these books lately that are like therapists struggle with these things too. And I think that it probably is never simple to be told all these stories by tons of people a day and not be impacted by them at all. But when you don't have any framework on how you're supposed to deal with that or what it is that's causing that in that person, it can be really hard to not let that completely affect you for the rest of 
the day or the week, like it can last a long time. Oh, a hundred percent. And at the end of the day, you, you can be there for someone all you want, but you're being paid to do hair. You're not necessarily being paid to be a therapist. So I think there's also that kind of big difference that you still have to realize and recognize that even if Jenny wants to talk about this, you're still there to do hair. Right. Right. You have to make sure you're getting your work done. So do you have any specific things that you do during the workday, before the workday or after that help keep you from picking up or becoming attached to these kind of emotions and events that are dropped on you throughout the course of a workday? I'm going to start off by saying that I am a practitioner of witchcraft. So I am a very big advocate for things like energetic shielding, for really just calling in your guides, your angels, all of that is typically what I do. I wear a lot of uh, protective jewelry that I enchant um, to not pick up things from other people because that's very, very easily done for empaths, but especially when you are a practitioner of any sort of energetic work, whether it be witchcraft or energy work or Reiki or whatever you want to call it, you are automatically going to kind of attract energy towards you. And it's going to want to stick to you even if that's not your intention. A lot of times it's called energetic hygiene, which I think is really funny. If you're working on more of an astral or an energetic space. A lot of the time you can't just not do these things because it's going to start affecting your mental health and your physical well-being. Yeah. I have you just back up for the listeners for a second yeah. and just kind of clarify what witchcraft means to you. And you're using a lot of words that I know because not only are we good friends, but I do a lot of energetic work for myself as well. Although I don't take on the witch identity. Um, so I understand some of these terms, but just for listeners that maybe aren't like familiar with what you're referring to. So they don't, aren't thinking like, oh, you're this lady with a cauldron and a broomstick, like casting spells on people so that they get sick or something. Okay. So witchcraft to me is manifestation of change. If you've ever heard of the secret or the law of attraction, it's pretty much the same thing with a different term. People have been using energy work, witchcraft, law of attraction since the beginning of time. Witchcraft is really just manifesting change, whether it be changing the way energy sticks to you, changing the outcome of a certain situation. A lot of people think witches go around cursing people and doing scary things and communing with the devil and all that stuff. And I'm not going to lie, some do. I'm like, some some people do that. Yeah, some do. (laughs) But I think it's also a very personal journey. A lot of people will do what most people consider as witchcraft, like law of attraction, manifestation, but not claim the term witch or claim the term witchcraft, which is totally fine. Okay. Well, anyways, thank you for clarifying that. Oh, 100%. I don't want anyone being like, oh my God, Paige's best friend and person who spoke on the podcast, like worship Satan. (laughs) it's not what we're saying okay so you practice your witchcraft for the workday protection enchanted jewelry things like that what does that look like what is the protection kind of ritual for you what is protective jewelry 
a lot of times when I have on protective jewelry, I will incorporate certain metals um, and certain crystals with a protective energy and pretty much just ask them to help protect me. Because at least in my belief system, everything that's coming from the earth is an element or a crystal or a plant or anything does have that life force. You're not really commanding something being like, do this for me. You're working side by side with that life force to create a positive or negative change or outcome. I tend to use a lot of darker crystals are always like your, your good bet. If you're like, I don't know which crystal to use, like black tourmaline, obsidian, yeah, smoky quartz. We've got to love our smoky, smoky quartz. I'll give an example. I have this locket that I filled with shards of black tourmaline, obsidian, and then certain herbs that I think I put frankincense in there because frankincense wards off evil and just kind of all those things. And then rituals are very personal because some people love to do these long, really in-depth rituals where you dress up and the whole nine yards that you would kind of see in movies sometimes. Whereas personally, my rituals are very short. I make it very easy, short, sweet, and easy. You don't have to make anything more difficult on yourself. The more you tend to overthink these things, the less they work. A good example would be wearing a piece of tourmaline or having a piece of obsidian in your pocket and then holding it in your hands, thanking it for its help and asking it to kind of help ward off any negative energy, help energy not stick to you that is going to cause you any grief or pain or anything like that. The biggest part of witchcraft or manifestation or law of attraction or whatever you want to call it is that you genuinely believe that it's going to work. If there's any doubt at all, or it's going to manifest in ways that are not necessarily bad, but not necessarily the way that you want it to. I think too, for people who aren't necessarily comfortable doing more of a ritual or communing with life forces of crystals or herbs or anything like that, I think the bubble trick is a really, really good trick. People literally pay Erica to help them learn how to do these things. So teach us the bubble trick. Okay. So first what we're going to do, and I'll kind of explain why we're doing these things as well. First, the bubble trick is pretty much putting yourself in a protective energetic shell that's usually lasts about 24, maybe 48 hours. It is something you tend to do every day. What it's going to do is it is going to protect you from different energies, whether it be just like Aunt Franny won't stop calling you or like an evil eye situation where someone was upset at you and just throwing negative energy at you. But we always want to make sure before we put ourselves in a bubble that we cleanse our energy. And I know that sounds like kind of intense for a lot of people, but again, short, sweet, and easy. It doesn't have to be hard. Using different herbal helpers or crystals or anything is great, but you can do everything yourself. You don't necessarily need to be carrying around the sage or the Florida water. We want everything inside the bubble is pure free flowing. So what you're first going to do is you're going to envision white flames coming up from your feet, engulfing your entire body. And even going a little bit outside of your body, just to get your like org energetic field. 
that's going to cleanse everything off of you that needs to be cleansed away. The white flame trick works really well. It helps with attitudes. And I've noticed with my husband as well, he has chronic back pain. So you can also utilize the white flames to kind of help move the energy of pain away too. I know a lot of people are going to be like, that's stupid, but like it, it helps. Once you start to hear or see any smoke or crackling or anything like, like, like that, I personally, when I know it's finished, when I start to hear crackling, like a fire is going out, um, then you know you're done. Do you? I do not hear that. My brain's just like, that's enough. And then right. I stop. You, everyone is going to receive information differently. I am very visual, but I also hear and I feel and I'm a pretty. You're way more in tune than I am. You have way more modalities of knowing things are happening. You're so, you don't give yourself enough credit. Oh, I'm just super powerful. I just have no idea what's happening. Yeah. Oh my God, I'm dead. So next, what we're going to do is because we've cleansed all that stuff off, we're going to want to recharge our energy in the highest vibration or in your highest and best good. So I will think of gold light and you're going to start to envision it coming up from the earth as well as down Um, through the top of your head and going into all of your cells, all around your body, recharging it, like feeling warmth of sunlight. Because when we cleanse away things, little holes are left where that energy is taking up space. So we want to make sure that we're filling all of those little holes or little scratches or sometimes even big gouges back up with positive energy so you don't kind of feel off afterward. You're going to imagine this iridescent bubble film coming up from the ground and going all around you in a sphere like an egg. What I also do after it has the bubble film, I'll make it go into more of a metal cast, like a silver or like a bullet almost type of thing. What that does is because that is reflective, it's going to also reflect everything away from you. I also do it on my car because my tags are expired (laughs) and I don't want anyone to see my tags. So I reflect energy (laughs) off the tags. That's hysterical. And just so you guys know, like what we're talking about, it can be like a very quick meditation. Oh, I know we're really talking through it and she's really explaining it. I don't do it every day, especially when I know what clients are coming in, because if, if they aren't the kind that normally rub off on me in a way that's very like emotionally impactful, I don't worry about it too much. But when I'm seeing clients on any given day that I know are like going through a really hard time or whenever we talk, it gets really deep. And like, sometimes I pick something up from that. I'll do this meditation and I can I mean, Erica probably takes a little more time than me, but I can do this in about 45 seconds. It's very oh, quick 100%. for me. I like pull light up from the ground. I pull light in from the sky. And then I don't pull my bubble up from the ground. Actually, I push it out through my heart and I push a bubble mm. out of my golden light inside of myself. And then I put mirrors on the outside of mine to reflect mm-hmm. light. And like, I just believe that that keeps out the negative energy. And it's pretty much as fast as I just talk through it right now. It can be a very quick thing. The more you do it, the faster it's going to get. And the more you do it, the more your own intuition is going to take over and kind of start tweaking it. So it's much more of a personalized way of doing it. So this is a good, like everyday thing that people can do practitioners or otherwise, right? Um, A Mm -hmm. lot of my clients have shown interest in listening to this podcast, which I think is awesome being an empath and 
practicing your witchcraft and like kind of just being this overall healing woman, when we have clients that are clearly experiencing their own depression and anxiety that they're struggling with, how do you approach that as a hairstylist? It really depends on where I am energetically at that moment, because if you think about it, you can't give water from your own empty well. So I think to making sure that you are in a really good spot before really diving into being that really supportive person for people is very important. For me, I try and kind of break up my appointments or services or anything like that, where when I'm actually physically doing the service, I try not to go into as much emotional stuff because I'm also psychic. So I get information very quickly. I also have a pretty good amount of experience in medium work. And that used to really interfere with my work as well. So I've learned- Can you, this- can you actually share a story about that? Could you be oh, open yeah. to that? Yeah. The first time I ever did medium work was actually for a client. And right away when she sat in my chair and I was physically doing her hair, I could see and feel that someone was right next to me, that it was a male- age range, stuff like that. And she started talking about her fiance. And I pretty soon, I can't remember if I picked up on it or if she came out and said it, that her fiance had passed. And so I started receiving information energetically through him about different things where they had wanted to move together, his family life, just stuff like that. And so I was very taken aback the entire time. It's a lot different when it happens to you and you're like, oh my God, is this actually happening? Unfortunately, because it was the first time I had ever done it, I was so freaked out by probably 15 minutes in, I shut it off. I couldn't do it anymore. I also didn't want to freak her out because it's a really big no-no to energetically read or do medium work for someone who is not asking for it. I didn't want to cross any boundaries. Yeah, especially actually. when they're sitting in your chair and they have like bleach on their head and you're like, you right. can't leave. Right, exactly. <laughs> you can't go anywhere. Exactly. It's very interesting when it happens. We have such interesting experiences with our clients. I don't want to say like overwhelming because it's not like showing up for your clients and taking care of them. It's like usually not an overwhelming experience, but it is definitely like draining and I can't imagine having that extra piece. Even if you're not necessarily um, doing mediumship readings, you're still getting energetic readings. And that can be very distracting, especially if you don't really know what's going on. When we first met, you were still in like on a whole cocktail of all kinds of antidepressants and anti-anxiety meds and things like that to suppress these types of experiences for yourself. Mm-hmm. Because you didn't know yet that that's what you were experiencing. I've always found your journey with mental health throughout your whole life to be very fascinating. That it was like these kind of supernatural-esque type gifts that you have that were causing you to suffer from these diagnoses that we've kind of created over the years, like depression, anxiety, things like that. Things that our clients come in and struggle with all the time. Mm-hmm. And I'm wondering, just for you as a person, when people are sharing those kinds of things with you from the chair, how do you kind of 
think about dealing with that and guiding them on their journey when they're really struggling with things that you have a lot of experience with? Mm -hmm. So first off, unless someone is bringing up to me, hey, I'm an empath or I've struggled with depression and anxiety or anything like that, I do not personally bring it up because I'm a huge believer that you don't want to unknowingly push your emotions and your experiences on others, especially heavier experiences like that. So I think probably the first thing is when someone brings up, hey, I'm depressed or hey, I'm anxious or I'm having panic attacks. What I immediately do is I I do tune okay, I do tune in a bit when that starts to happen, just to kind of help figure out what is going on. Because I think half the time there is a little bit of more of a supernatural or energetic aspect to it that people aren't aware of what's going on. But I am also a huge advocate that some people just, their brain isn't producing enough serotonin. So I think that's a really tricky um, situation because I think you can have both. I mean, I know my brain doesn't always produce enough serotonin. So again, we're going to be using discernment. And I think just letting them know that you're, they're not alone is going to be really great because I've had a lot of clients who have had depression or anxiety. And if they're talking about to me and they're saying, I don't know what to do or anything like that, that's when I kind of start to bring up my own personal experiences, relating it back to them, just so one, they don't feel alone. But I think talking to someone about it who you feel a little bit more open with because I personally I think talking to doctors or therapists can be really scary at first you don't want them to think you're crazy you don't want them to just give you a cocktail of pills so I think a lot of times that first road to really going down like oh okay this is what's happening this is how I'm feeling is talking to someone who knows how you're feeling and can kind of bounce their experiences off of yours. A hundred percent. I couldn't agree um, more. And I do the same thing if someone's like, I'm an empath and I have a lot of trouble um, with absorbing other people's emotions. So I think that's kind of, that's usually my game plan. <laughs> well, this is all really fascinating. It's, I feel like every time I talk to you about this stuff, even though we talk all the time, Um, I learned something new uh, about things that I can be doing for myself. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. I'm curious if you have any other like tidbits or thoughts on this topic that you'd like to share before we kind of start to wrap things up. Um, Let me think. Salt water for cleansing your energy best thing. And especially for hairstylists who are usually in a lot of physical pain just from their job. Epsom salt baths are really also going to help with physical pain as well as any energetic stuff. If all of what we've already talked about is too woo-woo for you, which I totally get. Some people are just like, yeah, it's too woo-woo. Um, and that's totally fine. I'm a big bath fan. I'm sad. Um, when this launches, I'll be officially moved in with my boyfriend. Yay. But his bathtub is like half the depth of mine and it sucks my <laughs> boobs don't get covered like what what about the big boob ladies like we need bigger bathtubs you know my titas don't fit in here sorry 
I, I am manifesting the huge clawfoot tub that I can just soak in for hours. So on the topic of baths, you guys very excited to let you all know that I'm going to be launching a line of bath bombs called the Kanuchi bomb for all of you ladies. It's literally all of us don't lie who could use a little bit of extra help and are downstairs getting that stuff rebalanced. I know that on the shelves, they have all kinds of different like chemical washes that you can use, but let's be honest, those chemicals probably aren't good for your Kanuchi. So these bath bombs are going to have all kinds of herbs, some with essential oils and some without, because like, if Mm -hmm. you're experiencing issues with your Kanuchi, it's not really great to have like all these oils and things in your bath. So I'll do a little bit of both. No medical disclaimers that it's going to fix anything for you, um, but they are going to be good for your hoo-ha. So you have that to look forward to. Those will be launching soon. And let's be honest, if the hoo-ha is off, we're (laughs) off. There's no way to get around that. Oh, it's totally true. Mm -hmm. Hey, if we wanted to talk about hair, you get to talk about hoo-has now. Have a good day. (laughs) Your hoo-ha is important for your mental health, your kanuchi. So yeah, you guys, Kanuchi bombs, you have those to look forward to. I'll be consulting Erica for the best herbal remedies for that. So go team. Well, Erica, this has been awesome. You always have these really lovely tidbits of information to share in that what you share today can be helpful for both people that work in the beauty space and just the everyday person that participates in the beauty projects of the world. Thank you so much yeah, for sharing. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Can you just let everybody know where they can find you? If they have questions, they want to come see you for wedding hair, or if they want to just come see you for a blonding appointment, or, oh, yeah. you know, if they want to get a medium psychic reading, where can they find you? So I have two Instagrams. My hair one is going to be at hair by Erica Co. No dots or symbols or anything like that. Um, and I will say for hair, since I'm about to pop, I'm not going to be doing hair until probably March or April, just going to take maternity leave for psychic medium readings. I'm pretty sure I'll still do those during my maternity leave. So (laughs) that Instagram is Oracle by Erica. You can message me there. I try and get back to people as soon as possible. If you have any questions about anything I said on the podcast. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And you guys, I really hope that if you have any interest in reaching out to her at all, that you will. She really is a beautiful soul, wonderful person, super kind, and very, very, very powerful. She's one of my favorite human beings in the world, and she's really legit. I stand up for everything she says wholeheartedly. Thank you so much for coming on the show today. I really appreciate you and your person. It was wonderful having you. So thank you so much. Thanks for having me. I love you too. A huge thank you to Erica for joining us today. And as always, please remember to rate, review, subscribe, and share. It's only with your help that this podcast can grow. So thank you so much. I'm your host, Paige Klibanoff. Thanks for joining.